Thank you, choir. A great example of a diverse community yet singing one song together. Important uh, for us as we're journeying these ne- this uh, last three weeks on how we keep calm and disagree agreeably. It's not a historical strength of the church to do that. Um, you can just take a look at the... There, there used to be these things called yellow pages and you could look in them and see like they have all the churches there and just all the different kinds, you know, uh, Lutheran and Pentecostal, Presbyterian, Roman Catholic, um, variety of different flavors of, of church. Um, did a, a little bit of looking up at just the variety of churches in, uh, in around the world. Um, in a couple of those different expressions. So like Lutheran, you know, there's the Lutheran churches. Um, and there are actually 186 different Lutheran denominations in the world. Um, but that's low. Uh, the, the Methodist, Wesleyan flavor of, of Christian, there are actually 301 different Methodists. That Wesleyan expressions of the church. Um, and I'm, I'm afraid we Presbyterians, Reformed Christians, uh, we come in second with 311 different expressions around the world. And then the, the Baptists push a little over 400. So just in those four different flavors of church, uh, there are over 1,200 different expressions of the church. So we we have a variety of denominations that can't quite get along and come together. Yet Jesus tells us that our unity in him is one of our greatest witnesses to the world. In John 17, he, he says that you, the world will know you're my disciples by your love for one another. How, how you are unified, how you care for one another in me, that will demonstrate to the world that you belong to me. It will show the world that the power of Jesus is greater than any of the divisive forces and messages that we might participate in outside of being his followers. What we're going to look at today in the Apostle Paul in his letter to the church in Ephesus, uh, where he gives them a couple guidelines. He goes, listen, here, in, your unity was so important that here, here are some of the, the key character traits that you're going to need to develop and to apply in your relationship with one another, to, to live into the fullness of the unity that we have in Jesus. Uh, we'll look at that in Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verses 1 through 6. You can follow along the screen. You can pick it up in your pew Bible if you want. It's on page 977 or whatever form you have for uh, the scriptures. Let's uh, pray together. Almighty God, uh, we do give you thanks again for your written word that speaks to us of your truth. Now, may your spirit continue to soften our hearts and soften our minds that we receive from you and apply in our lives what you would be teaching us, how we can honor and and glorify you, how we might be 
transformed more and more according to the character of Jesus and obedience to his commands. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, Ephesians chapter 4, verse, verse 1. As you'll see as you read through this, Paul, at this point in time in Paul's life, he is, he is imprisoned for, uh, in, in Rome for being a, uh, a mission worker of the, of the church. Um, but he's still uh, teaching and, and leading the churches that he's planted um, uh, throughout uh, the area. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord... Urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. With all humility and gentleness. With patience. Bearing with one another in love. Eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit. Just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, the first thing that I want you to see is, is the, the last couple verses there, verses 4 through 6, where he's talking about the essential foundational truth of our unity in Jesus. You know, last week we talked about how there are foundational truths you know, that we hold to, that, that define who we are. This is one of them. There are other truths that are more the, the structure, the core structure of, of a building. And then there are truths that are disputable matters. You know, like what color we want to paint the walls, what kind of carpets, what size are the windows, what kind of doors. Those are disputable matters that can divide us if we think they're foundational. Uh, but in this, Paul clearly states the foundation is clear. I mean, seven times in those two verses, he uses the word one. That we are united in God because God is one. We're one body. It is one spirit. It is one Lord. Our, our baptism, how he entered into the faith, our baptism is one. So this is not an accessory this is this is not something that's just an optional add-on, a, a secondary element. The, the unity of God's people is tied to the very character and nature of God. And, and when Jesus returns, when all is made right, we will all be one. People of every nation, tribe, and tongue gathered at the throne of Jesus. Now, what, what Paul highlights just before that then are a couple uh, of the character traits, humility, gentleness, and patience that we'll, we'll look at today just for a little bit, just exploring what does this mean uh, for us to live together in humility and in gentleness and in patience, particularly in light of our unity in Jesus, particularly in light of the disputable matters. These are the, some of the necessary characteristics for us to learn and to apply disagreeing agreeably. Now, the uh, first thing that, that Paul mentions here is that we, we have to, with all humility, come together. Uh, and, and humility, what we see throughout the New Testament particularly, is it really means we're to serve one another. Uh, Philippians chapter 2 is a, a great uh, passage uh, that, that highlights that Jesus... Is humble. I think we might have Philippians 2. Do we have Philippians 2? 
Belias. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. We're, we're to act towards one another like Jesus acts towards us. He, he left the, the comfortable confines of heaven in order to become human, to become a, which we're going to start celebrating and looking forward to next Sunday as we start the season of Advent. And so Jesus did not use his power, position, and privilege in order to protect himself, but gave it away so that he might serve us. He's the perfect example of one who is humble. God is humble. And so because of that, then we are to be humble like him. So we're to to value one another's interests. What is important to you is important to me because it's important to you. What is of concern to you is now a concern to me because it's a concern to you. And likewise, with one another. And so when we find ourselves in places of disagreement, this truth still holds true. When we're on the opposite sides of arguments or disagreements, we need to give value, equal value, even more value to the interests and concerns of the other than we do to ourselves. In the the application of humility in times of disagreements means for me that I might be wrong. It means for me that there's something that I'm wrong about. I I know I've told you plenty of times when I get up here, I, I am everything that I say to you, I believe is God's honest truth. I mean, I'm not going to come up here and say something that I think, ah, this might be true. Give it a try. But I know I'm wrong. That, that, because I'm not God. Uh, You know, I've uh, been uh, doing this for 30 years. I've been in a lot of situations where I've been engaging uh, with, with folks who are in disagreements. Both in my work and in my own home. And every single time, Every single time that there there are two people involved in an agreement, in a disagreement, there are three different stories. Ah, there, there there's the the story of person A, there's the story of person B, and then there's God's story. Because person A and person B were at the same place at the same time, and they have two different stories, always. Just last night with my wife and I was getting out of the car. We had two different stories of what happened when we got out. We were at the same place at the same time. But there are two totally different stories. Humility has helped me to see through that experience. It takes God, you know, hundreds of different experiences like that to... 
awaken me, to realize uh, that uh, just in those situations, all those situations where I see two people from the same situation having totally different perspectives, that every time I'm in a disagreement, I'm one of those people. And I've got my perspective, my insights, what, how I took things in, and there's always stuff that I'm going to miss. I'm not God. And there's always those three stories. Now, it doesn't mean we're lying. It doesn't mean we're making things up. It's just as human beings, we are complex. We're complex how we take in the things of the world. It, 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 a lot of our own history, our, our background and our families, all of those, how I'm feeling in the moment, all those kind of things have to do with how I engage and understand what I just experienced in whatever disagreement it might be. Because what I've learned is I remember what I remember. Not necessarily what happened. And we're all like that. We, we all can, can see the same thing at the same time from very different perspectives. And then we, we color it and understand it in our own different ways. Not, not consciously, mind you. It's just the nature of how we think and how we take in what's going on before us. And then process it and then remember it. I, I've got an activity for us. To help illustrate this just a little bit. Now this is from a good friend who uh, does a lot of work trying to explain to folks how we take in reality. How we understand um, the, uh, how we, we see things. Let me be sure I got this right. There we go. Now you can look at this. You don't, don't need to say anything. But you can see sort of a checkerboard. See the, the checkerboard in the green cylinder there and can you see that there's two boxes that have letters in them a and, and b can you see the a and the b no not really you can't really see a and b all right well here's here's the b here's the a okay see see the a there you see the b there now i want you to take a look at those i want you to see yeah what what don't say it out loud but just tell me what color is the a and the b can you y'all see the a and the b there's the b there's the a See the A, see the B right there. Okay? You, you see that, Tom? You're not, not yet. <laughs> now you can. Okay. All right. Most of y'all can see it. And is, are they the same color or different color? Again, don't say it out loud. You might even be able to give it a little bit of a, a view of what, what color it might even be. Even give it a name as to what color it is. But you see the A and the, the B there and see what color. See, there's the B, there's the, there's the A. Okay? Alright, I'm sorry you guys are over here, that's what you get for coming in late, taking the back, these seats over here, it's just what's gonna happen. But, see the A, see the B right there, see that? See the A and the B there? Uh, I'll come up here and, since you're holding a baby, I'll give you a little bit more grace. Well, you can see how you got the A and the B right there. You see now, same color. See that? See, there's the A, there's the B. Same color or different color? What do you think? What do they look like? That one and that one. They look the same color or different color? You think they're the same color? All right. What do y'all see them as the same color or different color? 
this one right here and this one right here. Yeah. Yeah. Does look that way, doesn't it? Then you do this right here. And what happens to the A and the B? Yeah, they're exactly the same. And this is no trick. See, there's nothing over any. Uh, it's they're just right, right there. Now, y'all, y'all, y'all just heard what I was just explaining to. With this. So they, they, they said looked one looked a little different than the other, but then you do this right here, and what happens? Yeah. Now, like I said, it's not, it's not a trick. You know, there's nothing over it. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty wild, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really is the same, but you see, it's different. All right, now, I'm sorry I kept you all in, in suspense. Uh, you remember, you got the A and the B, you know, this one, this one here, and this one here. Those are the two you want to look at and how different they are. Then you put it like that, and what happens? Can't see it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah, well, no, you gotta see it. See, see A and B right there. See, there's A, there's B. And then you do that right there, and you see A and B, and they're exactly the same color. Isn't that? Yeah. <laughs> I just saved one marriage right there. <laughs> just said, maybe your viewpoint does have a place. So y'all, y'all saw the different colors, the A and the B right there. You see, that's, that's A, that's B. See that? See how, and they look, usually look different to everyone. But then you do this, and they're the same. They actually are the same color. It's just what our brain does because that green obelisk is there, you know, that cylinder and it's sort of casting a shadow. Our brain sees that and puts it together and makes one like in the shadow that gives it a different tint as we look at it in this way. All of that just to say, yes, it's possible that I might just be wrong. And that that's a place of humility when we come into a place of disagreement. And that my concern in a place of disagreement is that also to say, no, no, I might be wrong. You might be saying something correct. It's very possible that God may be using this conflict to teach me something. So in an essential element of disagreeing agreeably is to develop this process, this character trait of humility. That I might be wrong, the other person might be right, and maybe God is trying to teach me in this time. And Jesus said something like that where he told his disciples, take the log out of your own eye. Before you take the speck out of your brother's eye. The second thing that Jesus highlights here is gentleness. Or that Paul highlights here. Gentleness. Uh, Often uh, the words gentleness and humility are used together. 
Jesus uses that to talk about himself in Matthew 11, 28 and 29. That passage where he says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me, upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly of heart. Uh, uh, that gentle and lowly of heart, where Jesus is describing himself, are exactly the same words that Paul uses here to be gentle and humble. See, Jesus is a place where that, that disrest, that unease, that, that um, uh, sense uh, of, of chaos finds rest. He's, he's that gentle place. And, and, and gentleness here often is used, particularly in the New Testament, to, to speak to times where emotions of rage are within us. You know, emotions like of, of, uh, of anger, emotions of frustration, emotions of, of being hurt, uh, emotions of uh, a sense of being out of control. That in gentleness, we're able to engage with one another and not return hate with hate. But as Jesus said, even to love our enemies. So it's a challenge in that, that gentleness. It reveals a, a real depth of our own trust that our identity and our value are secure in the Lord. It can be uh, most helpful, again, in those times of, of high emotion. Where, where gentleness can say, you know, we need to step back. The, the, the emotion has gotten out of control. And instead of us learning from one another, we're trying to hurt one another. And instead of us trying to honor God, we're, we're trying to win. Gentleness is able to say, let's stop. Let's breathe. Let's come and discuss this again when we're in a place where we truly can engage in a beneficial way. Now, doesn't, uh, you know, Paul goes on in another setting to say that you can be angry but don't sin. You know, the anger can come up. Those emotions can come up. That, that, that sense of, of, uh, of vengeance can, can come up. That sense of wanting to lash out and hurt another because they've hurt you can come up. But gentleness doesn't act on those. Gentleness calls us to act out of love. Sometimes that, that anger is a, is a good sign of something that's been done that is wrong. And you're responding appropriately in, in that way. And it's a sign that that has happened. But in gentleness, it's not one that then causes us to, to lash out. Uh, Curtis DeYoung uh, says this, that when, when uh, that gentleness has a, a great place when we are correct in our estimation of a particular part of our disagreement. And, and our response is one of a just anger. It says, motivated by good anger, we hunger and thirst for righteousness. An appetite that depends on justice for its object, but on love for its right expression. 
Anger in these cases adds energy and passion to the execution of justice. The love that underlies it, however, keeps it in check. For love does not seek to destroy the other, but to set things right. Gentleness keeps love central, even in the midst of anger, injustice, and hurt. I think gentleness in a time of disagreement... Uh, this, uh, this I steal uh, from the folks I mentioned last time in the, the Winsome Convictions, Molterhoff and Langer. It's better to be a chimp than a rhino. Be a chimp, not a rhino. You know, you, you think, uh, a rhino. Uh, you know, rhinos, they, they don't see very well and they're not very gentle in their approach. You know, they're just big and big horn, big bodies, big legs. And what they, the way they in, in check things out is they just go bash into them. That's what they, they just go hit it, you know. And let's see, is, am I bigger than this thing? Can I move this thing? And that's sort of, sort of how a rhino works. Whereas a chimpanzee, I think we've got a picture of a chimpanzee. Yeah, you know, a chimpanzee, they're sort of like, you put them in a new situation, they're just jumping around, checking it out, smelling it, wearing it, seeing, tasting it. They're, they're, gentleness feeds an appropriate curiosity. In times of disagreement. You know that, that we can just go see. What does this taste like? What does it look like? Let's roll around in it. Let's explore this together. Gentleness leads us to be a chump. And not a rhino. Humility and gentleness. Two of the core things that, that Paul brings out. That are found in the very character of Jesus. That he's at work in us. In our disagreements. When we have these challenges, he's at work in us, forming these character traits that are true of Jesus in his body. So that we're not ultimately concerned with our side winning or their side losing but with Jesus being honored in our disagreements. May we grow in humility and gentleness to the honor of Jesus. Let's pray. Almighty God, we do give you thanks that Jesus is indeed humble, that he is indeed gentle, and that we are the recipients of his kindness. Thank you for him. Continue during this season of Thanksgiving to to remind us of his grace and mercy that that indeed God is filled with steadfast love. Overwhelm us with that truth, Lord. And we offer ourselves to you as, as your people that you will continue to develop that in us, in you, in me, in, in our disagreements that we have this week. Lord, bring, bring to mind that you are humble and gentle. And enable us to take a step into applying that same humility and gentleness in our own disagreements with one another. And Lord, we 
It seems like every every week now there's some shooting, just as there was in Colorado Springs last night, and and uh, in Charlottesville, Virginia, the University of Virginia last week, and in Idaho, I mean, just continues to to go and forward, and, and we see just the the, and we know in our own hearts too, our own brokenness, Lord, that how easy it is to to get triggered, how easy it is to be overwhelmed with emotion. And so we we, we know that our, our world needs your humility and gentleness. We pray that you will continue to let us be a witness to you, to the, to the world of your character, particularly in how we treat and engage those with whom we disagree. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.